All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from the Nation Network. I got 50, I got 54 days. Brought to you by Finning Canada, the parts you need when you want them. Welcome back to the Real Life Podcast brought to you by Finning Canada. All the parts you need in one place. 1.4 million parts at your fingertips. Jason Greger, Jason Strudwick, Wanye Gretz. Howdy do, boys. Good, good, good. How are you doing today? Well, it's hotter than Satan's toenails in the studio. I don't know how the hell you guys live like this. It's ridiculous. It's hot. I mean, I'm used to it. Yeah, the, the I don't know. Uh, Bell Media doesn't like to... Uh, Put on their AC, I guess. When they say they have the hottest radio, they really mean they have the hottest radio. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a very good point. Now, we were supposed to have one of Strud's former defense partners oh, yeah. on the show today, Tom Gilbert. He's ducking you. He's, he's MIA. I confirmed him two times, sent a text this morning. Are you and, sure it was him? Yeah, oh yeah, it's him, all right. Mm-hmm. And uh, very disappointed. Very disappointed that Tom, he's usually very reliable. The only other time he, uh, he left you high and dry like this was a night in uh, November of 2010. Yeah. Um, well, somebody left somebody dry. We don't know who. Yeah. That was a real hurtful night. And I, I've been trying to get over that night uh, against the Rangers for a long time. And I think we need to have Tom Gilbert here to talk to him to, to see what was going through his mind because I ended up being minus five that night. Uh, but I could honestly say I probably earned three of those. The other two, Tom Gilbert. Well, there was, was that the one where he stepped out beside the net mm. and just put a gift wrap tape to tape on Marion Gabrick? That's right. The, uh, there's. There was 20,000 people at the game and playing in the game. And the one person you don't want to pass it to was Marion Gabrick. And Gibby, it was credit to him, put it right on the tape. Right tape on the, the tape. tape. That's hard to do. Right on the tape. Yeah. But it, uh, it nearly killed me and killed my career. So now maybe just to, what we're going to do is we're going to role play. So Wanya okay. uh, is going to be Tom Gilbert. We're going to role play. Yeah. I've Wanya's got this gonna, happening. Wanya is going to be Tom Gilbert. Okay. I a nickel for every time you tell me we're going to role play. Okay, I'll be Tom Gilbert. Go yeah. ahead. Ask so, me some questions. Yeah. Who's yeah. role playing with you? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, is. No chance. <laughs> so he'll be Tom Gilbert. Sure. Struts has some things to of get course. off his mind. Sure. Um, hi, well, Tom. Well, hi. Yeah, hi, hi, Tom. How are you? Good to see you. Good. My hair long because I'm Tom Gilbert. It's thinning out. Mm. I can see it's thinning out a bit. Right. That's okay. Tom, Yeah, you cost me. Uh, a month of my career. Right. I didn't play for a whole month after the game. I was minus five. You never apologize. Is no. there something you want to do and say now? Well, the Oilers warned me when they brought me in, Struds. They said, Strudwick's <laughs> going to be a career killer for you, Tom Gilbert. And I said, I am Tom Gilbert, and I am terrified of this. If you put me out there one time with them, I'm going to destroy him. And I did. You did. I didn't play for a month. It's literally Jilly, a month on the calendar I didn't play for. That's what I do. I'm Tom Gilbert. You don't regret? None. What about all the times we were roommates at the time? As yeah, well? I remember. Roommates, You're a long showerer, as I recall. 
Yeah, well, like I was, I was early trying in the to, morning, trying to get over my. I was crying in the shower because yeah, of your old situation. Exactly. Well, yeah, and I've seen other freakish things on the road as your roommate too. We won't get into. Like number one, <laughs> you don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. How can you not drink coffee? I, as Tom Gilbert, am shocked that you don't drink coffee. Struts. I don't need to have an artificial stimulant to uh, enjoy life. Interesting. Interesting. But I do like alcohol. Well, there's a contradiction Specifically in terms. Specifically, Bud Light. <laughs> how, how dare you talk to me like this? I'm Tom Gilbert. Tom, but it was nice seeing you. Yeah. Um, Sorry about your podcast. I heard it's top rated. Well, it's, Dozens of people listen every week. Well, it's tough because we don't have you. You yeah. expect to do. Well, next time we will. Did my best. Next time. Yeah. So we will have Tom on. I will keep working on him. Greg's. I think we covered everything well, we wanted to talk with him, the, though. Hopefully the real Tom Gilbert gives us a little bit more. No, insight. no, no. I think we've covered uh, everything we talked about. We don't need him. We I, confirmed that I'm Tom Gilbert. Struds has long showers in the morning. What did you really? What else do you want to ask him about? I want an apology. Oh, listen! I knew my career was winding down. Do you right. really need an apology? I do need an apology. Why? You, you listen. When you make a like, okay, this is how it works. When you're playing a game, you know what things happen, right? You know, like you make a bad play. I've made mistakes, and everyone makes mistakes when they're playing a game. But when you literally shove a nail into a human's coffin yeah. and ruin their career, you should be an apology. Okay, okay. So I'm looking at that season, which was your last year in the NHL. Yeah. Right, you went November fourteenth. You went uh, dash five. Then you didn't play again till December fourteenth. That's right. And uh, by the way, you were plus three in your second game back. That's got to be a career high. We might have to look that. No, up. no. I think I had some. My my one year, I was plus twenty almost. Yeah, no, but in one game. Oh, one game. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I'd have to. I don't you, know you were to find plus that three. Out. Yeah. Then, however, though, I was scrolling through. Did you get injured that year? No. Because so you played <laughs> January seventh against Vancouver. Yeah. Went dash two. Then you didn't play again till January sixteenth. Played a game. Mm-hmm. Actually, were plus one. There you go. Then you didn't play again until February 5th. So from January 7th through to February 5th, again, you mm-hmm. only played one game in a month. Was that also Tom Gilbert's fault? Uh, that was uh, coaching choices. They were trying to get the first pick that year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that turned into Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You know, in all honesty, like that last year, I when I... Like, when did you know you were done? Like uh, when, when they signed me to that contract. This this is what happened. So you knew, like, so you signed the contract knowing that was the last year. You signed the contract knowing... That you couldn't, like, when you signed the contract, did you think you weren't, you were only going to play half the game? Yes. I knew it. I pretty much knew it. So my, my, my head knew it, but my ego didn't want to accept it. So this is what happened. So I'll never forget it. I, you know, I signed many one-year contracts in a row. Many. Uh, I I think it might be, you know, uh, amongst the leaders of all times in one-year contracts. But I signed each, I signed the orders for the first year. They came, I had a good year. They brought me back for the second year. Tom Rennie was going to be the coach or was the coach. And um, I remember Tom at the end of that year, um, or be, you know, when Pat Quinn is let go, he said to me, you know, Struddy, I really wanted to come back this year, but we have to work through Steve Tambellini. So I'm like, okay. So July 1st comes, or it's coming up, and I'm in Kelowna visiting. We used to, I used to go to Kelowna was and visit some friends and always around. I don't know why, we're always there July 1st. And uh, I get a text, and, uh, and it says, hey, it's, Jay, it's uh, Steve Tambellini. I'm going to call you at 1 o'clock. I'm like, all right. So I go and, uh, you know, I, I make sure I'm somewhere quiet. Uh, so Steve can call me. He calls me. He's like, how's it going? Are you in shape? All that stuff. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm looking great. I'll send you a picture <laughs> on Instagram. But he, he says, um, he goes, listen, Tom, Tom Reigns our coach this year. And Tom wants you back. He goes, Strutty, I'm going to bring you back for one year. This is it. And he goes, I can't guarantee you play every game. I'm like, done. And the reason there was, so I, they obviously had motor. I knew that they wanted me back just for the dressing room. They wanted me, and Tom knew me, obviously orders. They knew me, they wanted me there to be like, you know, a positive influence on the guys and all that. But the reason I want to go back to Edmonton and no one knew it at the time, except my wife and I, and my parents and her parents, I guess, we were going through a lot of infertility treatments and we were also getting on adoption list. So we were going, um, we were going through, uh, many treatments. Well, uh, and actually, Greg, you wrote an incredible article after we had my little girl and adopted my son Kane. We went through so many treatments. My wife, you know, between when I played oh. with the Rangers, we went through treatments there, and we went through treatments in Vancouver. Well, she did IVF, I think, like six different. It was times. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was many, it was many crazy. times. Well, it, it was hard on me too. I yeah. leave, I leave specimens everywhere. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's, there's little. Uh, semen specimens all over, and these are legit ones in New York, in Vancouver. Are they still there? Can you go like visit them, like yeah, a I, polar bear at the zoo? We can't, <laughs> we can't pet them. Well, I don't know. Maybe you can just them. look at them. So uh, no, but so so I was going through that, and so my wife at that time we transferred at the beginning of that season we transferred our care to Seattle because we use an egg donor. So I had a rush. I asked Steve. I said, you know, after I signed, I said, 
um, Steve, I'm going to Seattle. I got to miss the, the Oilers had a golf tournament at that point. I'm like, I got to miss it. And he's like, why? I'm like, this is why he's like, no problem. So I went, came back. My wife tried the treatment. It still didn't work. Um, but at the same time, we were at adoption list. This is all to start the season, September 15th. Everything now we're on adoption list. My wife is now trying to get pregnant with egg donor. So I'm playing those games and, um, you know, I'm, my mind is like, I, I know it's my last year, but my mind is more about the kids than about anything else. So we, we move forward. And then when I stop after that Ranger game, like I give Tom a hard time, but after that Ranger game and I was off for a, a month, you know, in my mind, I was, I was like, man, maybe there's a chance they're going to wave me or send me down the minors. And I'd already decided, I never even told my wife there this, but if they did, I was just going to retire because if I were to leave, if I would have left Canada, it would have jeopardized our adoption because now everything's yeah. not current. Yeah. Now I'm not, I'm no longer I was no longer a Canadian resident. Yes. So I would have I would have gone in and said to uh, if they would have said Jason, we're gonna wave you instead of the minors. I would have gone in there and said, Listen, I, I'm not going. This is why. Can you just say I, I hurt my back? You know, like fair or whatever. You know, I'd have said, and I probably could have used some surgery. You know, I would have said I'm not going. And they said we don't want to do that. I said, I'd retire and just quit. I would have forfeited the rest of that year because I would have lost out. Because my, my one week after my final game in the NHL. We got the call about my son. Mm -hmm. And then we also got pregnant. My wife did a treatment in Seattle. And we were lucky, obviously, to have the funds to be able to do this. But she got pregnant in uh, at Christmas time. And no one knew until, and it was one of my best moments as NHLer, actually. And I get pretty emotional thinking about it. You know, my, my wife, um, she, she, we decided it was going to be this game right near the end of the season where we were going to tell everybody that we were pregnant oh. on the team because it's pretty special. So my wife wore a shirt. Uh, they, and you can see them. Everyone wears them around. It says, you know, future Oilers fan. There's an arrow pointing down to her tummy. So she wore into the, into the wise room and everyone is hugging and crazy. Then before the game, I, I, you know, you, you, you know, you can, we were losing, we weren't a good team, but I just got up there before the guys and said, guys, you know what? You're, you'll find that as you go through your life, they're, they're big moments and small moments. And this is a big moment. I I'm pregnant with my first child or my wife is. I was going to say you're pregnant with yeah. your first child. That's impressive. Yeah, it was. So I'm it, still it, Tom it, Gilbert, it, by the way, I wouldn't yeah. find personally that that interesting. <laughs> it was really emotional. So I put money up on the board and I actually think we won that game. And you know what? I think, you know, I don't know. I don't want to get too high and mighty, but I think for the young guys like Cogliano and Gagne and those types of guys, there are, it's life is bigger than just wins and yeah. losses. And so, you know, I didn't get waived. Nothing happened. I finished that season. We, we, as I mentioned already, a, a one week after my last game in the NHL, we got the call that his son had been born and we adopted him. Then my wife had the baby in August. And, you know, I, after that run and in, um, the next year I knew I was done and I called Steve Tambolini in September and just thanked him. I said, you know, Tam, I think he was calling to ask if I, you know, I wanted to get it back on the team. I said, I'm not calling you for anything. I'm just going to thank you because I, I've been through this whole thing and you know, I, I don't know if there's, you know, whatever, maybe you wanted to wave me or it, but thank you for not doing it because you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I got to play in my hometown for three years. I loved it, but also more importantly, I have started a family and I have that to you think. And he was really thank It was, you know, it was, he said, I'd never get calls like this and it meant a lot. Hmm. And so it was, it was an interesting conversation, but you know, so when you, when you see hockey players going through things and, uh, or maybe struggling, there's, they have lives as well. Yeah. You know, like I, I even look at what's the guy from uh, Carolina. Who just who has MS. Brian Bickle? Brian Bickle, you know, and I remember when he the, he first remember the playoff run. He wasn't playing great, yeah, and everyone was on him while he got that big contract. And I was like, a guy doesn't drop off like this, yeah. you know. It's 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 unusual, and he was a hard worker, yeah. And so when that came out, I, I really and I'm not comparing, you know, my lucky lucky fortune of getting kids with his MS at all, yeah. But in that people have gone on being the back. Well, now that one I can understand, but when you were going through that with your kids. Because people always so when the when the puck would drop, would you sit on the bench and and your mind wander, or was that the time where you could focus on the game? Like how was it during the actual game itself? You know, I I, I find it was pretty easy to clear your head. Like okay. it, you were just excited to play. You yeah. know, I mean, I two times actually, and uh, my, my my grandfather passed away, and I was playing for the Rangers. And I'll never forget, my grandfather, you know, he's, he's my dad's dad at that. And it was very emotional. I really liked my grandpa. And uh, I had to go in that morning and tell my grandpa that he passed away. And, um, and uh, I was very, I told Tom Rennie, I was very emotional. I was really upset. And he's like, are you sure you want to play tonight? And I said, yeah, don't tell anybody else. And he's like, well, pull yourself together. I was bawling in his room, right? In a nice way. And I, I said, okay. So he left the room, which is weird. And then I calmed down. I came out. And then I played in New Jersey. And I remember I had a really, I was really excited to play. I wanted to play. My grandpa, he'd been the kind of guy like, you got to play, right? And then when I played for the Oilers, uh, my second year, I believe, with the Oilers, my grandmother, she passed away. Oh, no, no, it was my last year with the Oilers, actually. My grandma passed away. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, I told Tom 
the, and this time I was a little less emotional. I think I'd been through it already and whatever, you know. And, uh, and so I had a really, a really good game, probably my best game of my career, uh, my last year there. And after the game, Tom Rennie comes around. He's like, God, I wish you played like that every night. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I was just dying. I'm like, because uh, you know what? I was like, screw it. I'm going for it. And I didn't score a goal. I did, you know, nothing you'd be like, oh my God, look at this guy. But, you know, you just, you're, you know, guys have little bursts over the course of the, of their careers. Right. And uh, I was very fortunate. Mine was great, but you know, and, and it just it's it's interesting. You you start looking back on your career and things that happened. And you know, Tom Gilbert. I guess I wasn't upset about. And I gave him a hard time about my career being ended uh, over that, but I, I was more worried about my my track getting yeah. derailed. Mm-hmm. You know, about as far as because at that point there was nothing more important than getting kids. You know, we were lucky to have three. Well, the funny thing about that story with that shirt was uh, Shona came out and it was one of the intermissions and I was standing down back at old uh, Rexall where they had the yeah. bar. And so yeah. I'm standing there and obviously- Surprise, I, I surprise, Gregor's <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> so Shona walks up to me, you know, big smile on her face. Hey, Gregor, how's it going? And she's looking at me and I'm looking at her. And then she's kind of like looking at me right. like, hello. And I'm like, what? And she's like, and then she points like right to her chest area and her stomach. And I'm like, and I look at her and then finally it like took a few seconds to clue in. And I was just like, it's like, how the hell did you not figure it out? I'm like, yeah, but I don't like looking at my buddy's wife's rack. Like, I just, it's not what I do. Maybe but, just yeah. a quick one. Yeah. Just on a side glance. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, but I remember her obviously being uh, super excited about it and, uh, you know, getting to understand the whole background. And even then, when I look back at all the articles I've written, that's probably easily top mm. three of my favorite ones because, mm. and, it, and it wasn't even the article as much. It was all of the hours I spent sitting at your guys' kitchen table, mm-hmm. asking all the questions, learning about it, because I didn't know a lot of things about IBF. And, you know, at that time, I um, I was single, so knew even less. Oh, but, those are the days, Gregor. Yeah. I remember them. Yeah, yeah it was we fun, Gregor. Fun. Oh, yeah, fun, Gregor was the best, Gregor. <laughs> and uh, so I could understand how that would be, a, a, you know, a very monumental time. And I wouldn't even think about it, though, in the back of your mind, being like, man, if I get waved, and it was never your ego. You'd be like, I don't care if I go yeah. to the minors. I started in the minors. I get into the minors. Lots of guys have done it. Mm. It was more so, well, that would jeopardize what I want as the next phase of my life. Mm-hmm. And that you knew you were ready to move on. Did that make it easier then for you? Because you, you know, you retire in April. A week, well, not retire, but you played yeah. your last game at the time. Did you know that was your last game then officially, or were you uh, still but th- when you went and picked up Kane, your son? 10 days later, kind of as a surprise trip because you guys were on a baby moon. And then right. all of a sudden you got the call that, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, it's a baby moon. Well, that was their last uh, yeah. trip with before their baby. Did you leave your baby moon to go, go get go? your baby? No. So Shona, yeah. So Shona was five months pregnant. My wife's name oh, Shona right, for all right, your right, listeners. Right. And she, and so we said, let's go on a quick vacation. We went to Hawaii. So we flew there on a, uh, so the last game was Sunday night. Yeah. You, I was your teammate to go out for a couple nights. You know, I don't really, it was a great time. And then we said Friday, Friday, we, Friday, we fly out. And then, uh, or sorry, yeah, it was Friday. So Friday we got a, um, uh, we fly out to 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 um, Hawaii. Then we we arrive there, and there's a message on our phone. It's from South Carolina, the, the agency we're dealing with. They say, no, there's a baby's been born. They chose you, and we're like, oh my god, it was crazy. So we ended up, uh, you know, we we we, we said yes. So you know, there's a process. It took about seven days. He said, just stay where you are. We have to make sure this works its way through. And for the kids, it's great. They protect them. It's very strict. You know, like it's not like going to pick up a couch. There's a strict rule for. For the, the states, for their state. Oh, it's not like Canada. picking up a couch? No, it's very serious. You don't pick you know? sectional leather versus <laughs> exactly. fabric and then just take the baby? <laughs> what kind of Tosh cushions? <laughs> and then, so then we, we ended up, um, we ended up uh, saying, yep. So we, we flew home about a week later. I landed here. We landed late. The next flight, the next morning, the first flight, we, we had to fly all the way down the States. So Kane's from him. South Carolina. Yep. Isn't that interesting? Yep. yep. So we got him. And then, uh, what city? Um, just, just, just like, just, uh, like yeah, just town? down there. Yeah. Just town down oh, there. Oh, I yeah. see. Yeah. So you get them. And then you, then, then the thing is you can't leave the state for a while until you have a certain paperwork. You can't leave the country to have a while. So we actually uh, stayed with, uh, Eric Cole and his wife for a while in a little motel we stayed with. And then we went to his house for a while, stayed with him and his wife. And then uh, we couldn't leave the country. So we flew to Buffalo. My cousin, Rob Niedemeyer was playing there. So we stayed with them in Todd Marchant's house, the biggest, the coldest house I've ever been in. I don't think my cousin even ever turned the heat on. And then we, we had to drive across the border. So we drove across the border to another cousin I have, stayed with them in Toronto, then flew home. And, uh, how long know, that all take all in, uh, we were probably gone 10 days to two weeks. Wow. It's a great process, you know, and it's, it is something that, you know, I, since that, since Gregor wrote that article, uh, we've been very open. My wife and I are very open with it all of it. And I've been at hockey tournaments, hockey helps the homeless, 
um, Alzheimer's face-off where guys are like literally sitting be, literally beside me on the bench. They're like, hey, uh, you know, we read the article Greater wrote about your about your facility. Thanks a lot. My wife and I are now expecting her. Can we come talk to you? We've had probably 20, 25 couples come to our home and ball in front of us. You know, and it's a, it's a very real thing. And I think that, that what we want to do is get the conversation going, mm-hmm. right? So people, you're not alone. Because you're going through it, you feel alone a little bit. And I know no one's dying. And I know that, you know, there's other issues. But when you're going through and you want to start a family, uh, it's very difficult. And I, I know it, uh, we'll, we'll post, uh, we'll tag your article to this. Yeah, we'll put it to in this the, for in sure. Yeah. And it's funny because it's funny that, you know, Tom Gilbert didn't show up today and, and we're talking about that this. That is pretty funny. Hey? It, no, no, <laughs> Tom Gilbert didn't no, show up. What, it, a, it's, what it's, a laugh. It wasn't the plan, but I read an article this morning from Mitch Album, one of the greatest writers yes. ever. Have yeah. you ever read yeah. Tuesdays? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Well, Mitch and his wife, Janine have never had children. Right. And they, uh, they adopt a lot of kids. They have like 38 kids who stay in, in, in Haiti. And so he wrote this story about uh, one of the young girls, Chica was her name and she's uh, and she just passed away, unfortunately. And he basically talked about how they went to Haiti and she had this very rare, like extremely rare uh, tumor that she had and ultimately it took her life. But he talked about how they'd never been able to have kids and they, and they were okay with it. But she lived with them for two years in the States and they became parents for that two years. Oh, and, wow. and I'm reading this. And of course, right away, you know, I'm, I'm thinking a little bit about Strud's and showing. And as, yeah. a, as a father myself yeah. with a young three-year-old, I'm just like, oh my God. And he's explaining the things that she would go to. And, and like, and he was still a big writer and how he put everything on the side. It was just like, when we have this daughter now, she's our daughter. And he was very open. I'm not her father, right? They called her, uh, she called him uh, Mr. Mitch and, and uh, Miss Janine. And, and he was very open about writing it. And I was just, I was reading this. I was like, wow. Like, and he talked about how when, when she passed away, and it was very descriptive. They're, they're in the bed, and she's in the, um, the last few hours of her life, and they're just laying there, and he's like, I don't know what's the right way to do it. This was our way. And that's a, the right way to say it because right. I don't think there's any right way you could do it. But I'm going to link that article in there because yeah. I'll tell you. When I was reading that, I was like, I'm going to forward that to Strud's and Shona. Yeah. Seriously, I was sitting there reading. My wife comes in. Are you Okay. Am I bawling? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just reading this article. It's just very like, hot at TSN yeah. Studios, and I don't want to go. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a crier ever since my dad yeah, passed away. Sure. So it, now I just almost cry at a drop of a hat. It's almost embarrassing sometimes. When I'm not even sad, I'll start right. bawling. Yeah. Like, what yeah. the hell is wrong? But That's this, weird. This story for Mitch Album, seriously, is one where every now and then you just need a feel-good story where people yeah. just become selfless. And right. he's just like, you know what? We didn't know this little girl. She needed help. You know, she's born and she was born three days after that massive earthquake in Haiti. Oh, wow. Right. And so, you know, her, her mother and, you know, unfortunately they come where, you know, it's a very poor country and you don't have a lot of support. And, and she just, her mother then ended up passing away a few years later. So she was in the orphanage and she just had a rare disease. And the only way to save her is if somebody brought her to the United States. And it just happened that because he has children in an orphanage where they basically adopted them and they fly there and they help them out. The orphanage owner knew them and basically they just adopted her kind of. For two years and he still took her home to 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 see her kids because she was old enough five or six to know where she was from mm-hmm, right. and he was very open on it. i'm just telling you man it's a remarkable story so i think at times hmm. you, you know you bring in the the sports factor of of life and sports is just such a small window right and and here's somebody and he talked about it man i'm 50 and we were walking in new york just to take her to new york one time and he goes man you think back like 20 years later 20 years earlier this is what we would have wanted to do if we could have been parents but yeah. it just wasn't in the cars for us no. great story I think that it's interesting to talk about players. It's interesting. It's very interesting to hear your story, Strads. I think it's really good that you do talk about it, right? Because unfortunately, people look up to you for whatever reason. And if you're telling stories, and it's not just driving around in Lambos and going to weddings with Jerry yeah. Bruckheimer all the time. You know, I think you have a very interesting platform and people listen to you and respect you. And so maybe, like you say, it takes away kind of that stigma, right? What I'm thinking about is like my buddies. So you take 10 of my random no good friends and you put them in a room. You can rate them on a spectrum of like how much their personal life rules their life. Yeah. Like, you've never had a normal job. So, I mean, I, I don't right. know if it's the same in the NHL. I imagine that it is. But, like, you'll work with a guy who's like, oh, man, I can't do this and that because of this and that and my girlfriend and my blah, blah, blah. And you're like, buddy, like, you're a framer. Build a house. Like, no one gives two flying shits right. about your problems, right? right? Are there guys in the NHL like that, too, where you listen to him talk? You're like, holy crap, this guy'd have 30 goals if he wasn't didn't have his ex-girlfriend in his head all year. Oh, like, yeah. There's, yeah. there's head cases, all for sure. I mean, but that's, that's, the, that's the challenge of being a hockey player or, a, you know, it's just blocking out everything, yeah. you know, and that's that you have to have really strong and some guys can't, you know, and in, 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 you know, we talk about perhaps playing your own city. There's a lot of distractions, sure. right? Girlfriend, 
kids, you know, kids be like, I, I, I mean, you think of kids being sick, you think of Craig Anderson and what he did this year with his wife who was sick. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and sounds like she's on the road to recovery. Um, you know, the focus, it is, it is ridiculous, uh, to think he did that, but you know, do you have to be able to dial it out? And I think when you do hit the ice, it is easier. Um, but to get to that point and it's preparation, right? It's not just, you got to make sure you're working out, getting your sleep. And if you're worried about something, you can't sleep. That makes it really hard. Well, I think it impacts every person. Sure. Right. And it's just, oh, but you just, you've never, yeah. you've never gone on hockey DB and seen a guy be like, oh, he had a bad year because his grandma no, was sick. No, right. That, like it, it doesn't even, point. it doesn't even come into the conversation yeah. as to why somebody could be having an off year. And I think what, especially in a city like Edmonton, I was reading the article in Oilers Nation today, or they're like, we ran another guy out of town and now look what Justin Schultz did. Right. Like there are times in people's lives or their lives, I think may have a dominant effect on their, their sporting career. And there isn't a Corsi number to say, you know, I'm worried about adopting a kid or I'm worried about a sick parent or something like that. And yet, surely this has an impact on players. The thing about that, and I want to get Strud's opinion on it. I, I hear the term running guys out of town. So you look at Justin Schultz, and you know what? <laughs> uh, people got down on him for sure. Sure. Neil Yakupov was beloved by many and failed yep. in Edmonton. Yep. So a player ultimately is a deciding factor in whether or not they're going to go. Now, some guys maybe can't handle it. And nowadays, I'm sure it's even harder because of social media and you open your phone and then you maybe mm-hmm. you, you mute Twitter or whatever you do. So you don't want to read those things, but you know, Justin Schultz was, was pretty open about it too. He had lost his confidence. The fans weren't the ones who lost his confidence. So when he was in the game, he probably lost his confidence because a, he wasn't ready to play top pairing minutes against the other team's best players. Yeah. Right. And that's ultimately what cost him. Yeah. hundred percent. I think that it's difficult when you're dealing with, I mean, obviously it's the way you play determines where fans are going to like you or not. I mean, that, that does make it hard. Right. But I think when you're like, for me, you know, for me, when I played, it was quite easy when I was playing because, I mean, I just worked hard and people either liked that work hard or didn't. It was, it was pretty simple, but I liked it. Well, when you're Tom Pody or one of those higher level guys, it's very difficult to, you know, it's if, if you're not playing well, the fans get on it because there's higher expectations. And then he had like Tom Pody's example. He was very lackadaisical. Not, he looked like he was lackadaisical on the ice. And so in Edmonton happened and even New York, they would boo him there as well. He was my partner there as well. Guys, great part of podcasting. Uh, Tom Gilbert looks like he plugged in his phone. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back on the Real Life Podcast, brought to you by Finning Canada, Tom Gilbert will join us. Uh, Finning Canada, all the parts you need when you want them, the right parts for your equipment. Finning Canada. It's late, and you just finished a full day of work. Your equipment is done for the day, and tomorrow bright and early, you start all over again. You know what you need to keep it running smoothly, but there's not a break in the schedule to make that happen. With over 1.4 million cat parts at your fingertips on parts.cat.com, getting that part just became easier. Any device, anytime, anywhere. Get what you need, when you need it. Order today. Parts.cat.com We are back. The Real Life Podcast. Brought to you by Finning Canada. All the parts you need in one place. Finning Canada. Jason Strudwick. Jason Greger. Wanya Gretzk. And uh, we welcome in uh, Tom Gilbert. Uh, better late than never, uh, Mr. Gilbert. How you doing? Uh, doing good. Did you find your phone? You know what? I actually I was uh, eating dinner, and of course I left my phone in my car. And then I got back, and I was I know Jason was going to text me just to remind me uh, I had to be on air, <laughs> and of course I forgot it. <laughs> now let me—is it the real reason you don't turn your phone off after six thirty so you don't get charged any minutes or what? <laughs> Listen, you always got to try to save a buck somewhere. Now, Tom, I, I want to see how good your memory is today. We're going to talk about your career. Do you remember November 14th, 2010? 2010, November 14th. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It ended right, the career of one of our co-hosts. It was it. it he, the... he points to it as the, 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 the last nail in the coffin for his NHL career. <laughs> something about dash something. Wow. Gosh, that, you know what? That actually seems so long ago. That was at least 10 years ago. I remember like it was yesterday. We were playing the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. I'm excited to go back and play against my old team. You know, I've got a new team. I've got a partner, Tom Gilbert. The end of the last of, a, of I think it was a five-game road trip. And Marion Gabrick decides he's going to have a night. Sure. 
So we wheel out there. Ladislav Smead gets uh, gets uh, run into by uh, Sean Avery. So he's out for yeah, the game. A little soccer punch in so that fight. So all of a sudden, yeah. old Strutty gets booped up to the uh, top pairing with Tom Gilbert. And we're going out there. And, you know, Showtime. Not too bad. All of a sudden, ding, ding, couple goals. I'm like, minus two, not bad. Minus three. <laughs> Ouch. It's starting to get ugly. Minus four. I'm like, oh, my God. Like they have, I'm like, please don't put me out there. But I'm like, okay, there's like 10 minutes left. There's no way something bad's going to happen. So they dumped the puck in. The Rangers. Let me refresh your memory, Tom Gilbert. You go back and pick the puck up and just throw a pizza right up the middle to Marion Gabbert, who only needed one more goal to complete the hat trick. I remember as he signed that, I just started skating right to the bench. I didn't even, I didn't even look over at you. And I remember, he, I think he, he scored. And oh, I sat, top shelf. I sat down on the bench and you come over. I think you, you said, sorry. And I knew he didn't mean it. I was so. I knew you didn't mean it. <laughs> I I was so mad. I'm like, are you kidding me? You could. Was it your hair in the eyes? Like, let's get out. What happened with that pass? Because it, it was like there. It was nobody else except him. We, I don't even think we had a guy on the ice except for me. And he's going right up the middle to Gabbert. <laughs> Retirement hey, papers listen. signed before the shift was over. Yeah. <laughs> hey, at that at that point, we were already in one, right? We didn't want to go on the ice anymore. I figured might as well might as well end it on a high note. Uh, a high note. Up the middle. Good, they probably threw us back out there again. Wait, was that that was the fifth goal? It wasn't the what was the fourth goal? The breakaway? Where nope. Cameron just oh. went right by us? Well, right by us. I was standing still in the blue line, and I, he, I still I don't think I got my foot off the blue line. Here he scored in the other end. I mean, it was that was the fourth one. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure the the pizza up the middle is number five. And, uh, yeah, yeah, probably. I you, think at that point, I just kind of, you know, I was just thinking about getting back on that plane. <laughs> I was thinking about jumping out of it, you know, and then <laughs> unfortunately I didn't play for a month after that, you know, and I, I got to tell you guys, you know, I, I, I went through two lockouts, many coaches, uh, many one-year contracts, injuries, changing of rules, changing of sticks, changed teams. <laughs> I survived it all. But I could not survive <laughs> one night. Tom Gilbert in Madison Square. I couldn't handle it. I, that's the one. Oh, who would have thought this 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 long haired hippie from Minnesota would be my unraveling, <laughs> ultimate unraveling? Do you not want to apologize, Tom? You know what? Uh, you know, no, I don't want to. Apologize. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you, Tom Gilbert. What were you doing on the fifth goal? What were you? I was in the corner waiting for some kind of. Miracle pass behind the net or something, or what you could have blocked that shot. Block <laughs> it. He was in the slot. I, I still can't. Like, did you did you owe money or something? <laughs> I think you were already going to change. Actually, I probably saw you in the middle of the ice. I was like, oh, Sonny's open. Oh no, he's going to change. There goes Gabrick breakaway. Yeah, that's nice. I know, like, your favorite team probably was a wild growing up. So you're like, hey, maybe if I give Gabby his third goal, he'll sign my uh, Gabrick uh, Minnesota Wild jersey. (laughs) 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 No, Gibby, it's really good to have you on the show. It's a lot of fun, and we got to hang out a couple weeks ago. It was good to see you. But you know what? I got to say, man, you you know what? You you, you had a a really good, uh, really good, or you've had a really good career. And I guess the question I have for you is this, like, you know, it's so big. As a Canadian, I don't really understand it, but talk a little bit about college hockey in the States and how it's so big for, 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 for Americans to play for their favorite college, isn't it? Well, I mean, I think just, I think growing up, I mean, it's kind of, it's so big in the U S that like, uh, especially in Minnesota for me growing up that like, once you're done with, you know, for me it was high school, but could be high school, could be juniors. Like your first goal, you know, it's not thinking NHL. It's thinking like I'm going to go to college. Really? I think that's. Uh, I think that's kind of. Uh, I mean, it's it's, it's probably a, a good thing that that uh, you're kind of thinking that too growing up. Um, you know, it, for me, I wasn't even close to being ready to to come play in the NHL uh, when I graduated high school, and um, it was a it was a great transition for me, but. I know they just do. I mean, it's just it's just so much fun. I mean, I I, I can't explain it enough to guys that I've never played in college. That I mean, it's uh, it's 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 you get away from home. I mean, you you meet some of like your best buddies for four years. You play in the same team. Uh, you know, I still keep in contact with uh, all the guys that were in my class. Uh, we actually just had a ten year reunion. Uh, championship reunion that is starting in case you want to know. <laughs> Strauss has never been to one yeah, of those. He might want to explain yeah. a little bit to him. <laughs> yeah, I came in town, and I mean, it's just, it's just fun. I mean, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, 
first of all, you get you get schooling done, which is great, and then second of all, you play sports, and third of all, it's it's uh, I mean, it's a blast outside of it too. So, what'd you take, Tom, when you were at the University of Wisconsin? I took uh, something called consumer affairs and business. Consumer affairs and business. Okay. And did you enjoy it? Were you like, were you scholastic or were you just there to score some goals and score some girls? I, you know, I try, I try to be involved as much as I can. <laughs> I think they say there's, there's three things that there's uh there's three things in college that, you know, for, for us that we did, it was play sports. It was be social and it was go to school. Be social. <laughs> That's a broad <laughs> label as a consumer. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and they say you got to pick two of them right. in order to be successful. Right. So, I mean, you can, you guys can kind of guess, you know, the the way that I went. Well, you were so, four years. Did you did you graduate? Uh, you know what? I just about graduated. Not yeah. quite yet. Are you gonna yeah. are, like when you say quite yet? Is that in your intention to go back got, and? Yes. Well, I just got two. I got two classes. I got to complete, which is uh, uh, easy easy to do. So uh, that'll be the first thing that's going to be on the top of my list. Oh, good on you! Go back and finish off. Now, will you do that uh, in school or more so just the online? Uh, that'll you know that'll probably be online, but I mean I still look pretty young, so I might just maybe jump back in class and see if I kind of mesh with the. There you the go. Computer, <laughs> you, you could be oh, like yeah. you could be like Zach Efron. Eh? You want to go back and then pretend you're in a high school or a college? Yeah, or yeah, Snoop I mean, Dogg in that much, movie yeah, with I'm surprised someone even said this, but I'll probably just have to wear a hat when I go to class. <laughs> I'll never do that. Now we've been on the air with you for about seven minutes, and we haven't brought up. Adam Burrish. When we played together for those three years, I heard an Adam Burrish story every single day. I mean, are you trying just holding back, or what's going on? What do you mean? Well, you love Adam Burrish, and I guess I thought you'd maybe tell him, was he at the reunion? Well, you couldn't get a word cool? in edgewise. Oh. You're attacking him about ruining your career, and then we're talking about taking consumer something-something at the University of Wisconsin. <laughs> no, I mean, he is, he's, he's a really good buddy of mine, yeah. Uh, for, he, he was the same class I was, uh, I mean, we still live in the same city right now. Uh, yeah, a good buddy of mine. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually surprised you remember all this stuff, story. Well, you know what's funny is you look at that team. You had Joe Pavelski. You played with Jake Dowell, Adam Burrish, yourself, uh, Dravis Dr- uh, Davis Drew Whiskey, who played in the, in the NHL for a bit. Obviously, Brian Elliott in goal. Like, no wonder you guys yep. were a champion. You like you had a lot of guys go on to the NHL from one NCAA program. It was. I mean, it was. It was a, a really, really, really good team. And we had guys that are still uh, – there's a handful of guys that are still playing over in Europe right now. Actually, I think majority of guys that I played with um, are, are, are still playing right now at this moment. And, I mean, yeah, that's you don't win by just a couple players. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to have especially some, some all-star players in Pavelski and, and Elliot to really uh, give us some fire going to that into our senior year there. Now, looking back, Tom, uh, this season uh, you played uh, 18 games with the Kings, and then uh, you played 30 games in the in the American Hockey League. Uh, are you planning on playing again next year? What's your plan right now? Um, I think I think uh, I think I'll keep going. You know, I don't know if it's going to be uh, here in North America. I think it might it might be over in Europe. I, th- I think where I'm at now, you know, I, I'm very fortunate in, in how long I got to play in the NHL and you know if I give them just given the opportunity to keep going obviously it, it it'd be a great opportunity but um yeah I, I mean I I'm, I'm open for anything but definitely want to keep playing here for a couple more years now if you go to Switzerland do you think there's a chance you could match Strudwick's uh offensive prowess when he went over there okay give me his numbers I would love to know well, they're not always accurate. Let's say uh, <laughs> you can't trust the Swiss. Well, I mean, un- un- unofficially, uh, I don't know exactly, but I believe I was somewhere around five points in thirty games. But in Hungary, in the Hungarian <laughs> Super League, I had eleven points in seven games. Ouch! And That's hotness. Yeah, they're still talking about. Oh it, yeah, and they're still talking about it. And uh, so, I mean, don't put, you know. And then in Sweden, start. right, you've, you finished your career playing oh, uh, in, was that Soder Italia? I was so good. I was so good there. Yeah, yeah. yeah nine points in 29 games. You guys oh. should reunite. And, 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 hey, you know, the thing was, though, he was plus four. So virtually no chance of being uh, dash five in any one of those games. Well, here's what you got to do, wow. Strudge. You got to package yourselves up again. The old Gilbert Strudwick bands getting back wow, together, and we're going so. to the Hungarian Super League. Be a lot less hair in that pairing now. <laughs> oh, I, I, emotionally, I couldn't do it. Emotionally, I couldn't handle it. I, I wouldn't be able to go. I mean, I, I you're shell shocked. You have PTSD. I, I've been given. I'm not gonna lie. I love playing with Gibby. He was a yeah, really good partner, but 
you know, when someone cuts your legs out from underneath you, you're a little bit gun shy, right? No, it's fair. You know, there's some things you can't come back from. That's right. <laughs> you know, and I love that I can text you every now and then and have a good time. But you know, now the truth, and now that I have you on the show, we're winding this down. You and I, when we were roommates, we'd be on the road. We'd get over and, and uh, in the morning, we'd, we'd, there's always a USA Today at the door of our hotel. So Tom and I would make sure we grab a next one. Then we'd go down to the breakfast place, wherever whatever hotel we were in, and we'd do the Sudoku. And I can honestly say, for all the times we did it, we'd, we'd race each other. I don't think I ever beat Gibby one time. Not one time. <laughs> You've like, never taken consumer something something at the University of Wisconsin. Your e- training is poor. Even the Harlem Globetrotters lost once in a while. But I, I never beat them one time. So Tom Gilbert, please be honest. Tell me the truth. When we were doing that Sudoku, did you cheat? Okay, listen. First of all... It- You've, you've, you've texted me this. You've asked me this. So many, I, like you're looking for an answer that you're not going to find. It was right in front of us. It was the same newspaper. I, like There's no way to look up what the Sudoku was. And we squared off 1v1. And now I'm starting to think, maybe it wasn't me that was minus five in that Rangers game. <laughs> I got the numbers. <laughs> it is ridiculous that I, I mean, the odds of me not being you one time are like 0%. Well, you'd think eventually you'd improve. That's what's kind of embarrassing. But I practice. I'd get on the plane. Like, he'd be on the plane playing cards with all the big wheels. I'd be sitting beside uh, Fernando Pizzani, the pincushion, and I'd be doing Sudoku, practicing, practicing. I still couldn't beat him. It drives me crazy to this day. My one, I can handle the minus five. I can't handle the Sudoku. Now, were you guys like which level are we talking? Like, was this beginner? Was it the intermediate one? Yeah, it was Monday through Friday. You know, could have been two star. I mean, those those were those were pretty easy actually. I mean, I I think Strud. I mean, you were close. You had to be close on a couple of them. (laughs) Close doesn't count in competitive Sudokus. You know this. Did you ever check his answer, Strud? Did he just fill one in? That's you know what it hit me that one day I was doing Sudoku. I was on a flight when I was flying to China. I was doing Sudoku, and it just I don't know what. Hit me. I, I mean, there was kind of a guy with long hair that was balding, and I was looking at him. I thought, "Is you know maybe Tom Gilbert cheated?" Like it, it, I never thought about it before then. And then as soon as I got home from, I sent you a text around that time, right after that, Gibby, and I'm like, "Did you cheat?" And he, he, you're, you're giving me the same line you are giving me now. Stop texting me, or I swear I'll get a restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny, I was. I was by myself when I was playing Hershey this year. We had a, a USA Today paper there every single day, and I stayed in a I stayed in a hotel or slash lodge. And like when I was do, I, I did it every single day to Sudoku. And as I was doing it, you, right before you text me, I was thinking like, God, if there's like I have no one here to race, I have no one here to do anything with. And I was like, if there's one guy I should text right now and take a picture, I had about. 15 newspapers in my room that I finished. I, was, I should have saved them, put them in a plaque, and sent them to you. Just, just you. Every number was right. Now, Tom, you started your pro career uh, in Wilkes-Barre Scranton in the American League. You played 48 games in 2006, 2007, and 10 years later, 2016, 17, you were back in the American League. Can you kind of talk? Was that, I don't know, any symbolism in there for you? Like, how different of a person? was Tom Gilbert in the American League in 16-17 when you look back at a 10-year NHL career in between? I mean, to be honest, I mean, not a whole lot. I guess I was probably just a little bit slower. <laughs> that's, that's, that was probably the biggest thing. Better at but, Sudoku. Uh, <laughs> I was, yeah, probably a little bit faster at Sudoku, though. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, honestly, nothing nothing real different. It, it was – I actually, like, really enjoyed my time there. The guys – I mean – it's it's such a less stressful spot to play, and you just go out there, you have fun, and and you know where I was at, I wasn't I wasn't playing anywhere, and um, just I sat out so many games in LA. It was just it was so refreshing to actually play in some games, and um, yeah, I mean it, it was it was fun hockey. It was it was a great group of guys, which really all all that really matters at the end of the day is is, is you, you're playing with a bunch of guys that are in it for the same reason, and and. Uh, guys that want to hang out all the time and that's the way the team was so it, it was really enjoyable for me and now that uh, most of the ahl is in california the travel wasn't quite as uh, hectic as it was probably 10 years oh, ago no. right no it was great yeah i mean when i got there we had six weekends in a row of three and three oh. which i totally i totally forgot about and that was that was different i'll tell you that much like i, I forgot about that and, and that third game was quite the grind but you know you 
it is what it is, and you just get through it. Now, you go back there as you're 35, 34 years of age, and you're a veteran. You know, how, how much listening did you do for young guys or maybe just answering questions? I'm sure a lot of them look and say, man, I want to be Tom Gilbert, 10 years in the National Hockey League. You must have been maybe more of a, a role model guy just to answer all the questions from the guys who are wondering what they need to do to try to get to the show. Well, I, I mean, I think like we were all we were all there at one point when we first started our careers, and, and you know, some guys are fortunate they don't have to play in the minor leagues before they get to the NHL. But I, I mean, everyone knows guys that have helped them through learning things and 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 wanting to get to that next level. And um, I mean, that's I know going forward when I'm done with hockey, I'd still like to to try to help out younger guys and and kind of give them some tips or, or just help them out to try to get to the next level. And I think that's, it, it was, it was kind of just contagious for me. Like I just kind of got there and, and, and things that I learned when I was younger, it just kind of flowed out and, and didn't have to say too much, but guys would come up to me and, and um, you know, it, it was more about just being like a good role model and doing the right things on the ice. And I think that it, it uh, uh, definitely reflected a lot. And I think guys really appreciated that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I want to do when I get older. All right, Gibby, uh, before we let you go, we're going to get into, uh, we got some quick questions here, some rapid fire questions. So I'll start with this one. What's your favorite all time sports movie? All oh, time sports movie. Jeez. Uh, uh, we'll just, we'll, uh, it's rapid fire. Let's get it going. Make a movie up. Say it's, uh, this is how you did Sudoku, the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm still thinking numbers right now. Yeah. Uh, but Miracle on Ice. Oh Done. God! Best. Oh, oh wait, wait, why? Why is that? What do you guys don't like that movie? Oh, I think it's fine. Stradwick's got some beef with it for some reason. Uh, well, <laughs> he's Canadian. That's why. Oh That's yeah, right. Miracle yeah. on Ice. <laughs> Best player you played against? Sidney Crosby. Most underrated player you played against or with? I mean, I don't like to say underrated. I mean, Datsuk. I don't know, but he's pretty good. But no. I, I think he just never got enough. I mean. Yeah, uh, that or, yeah, I'll just say him. He's not Strud's his heart's broken. I'm looking him in the eyes here. He's really hoping you're going to say him oh, for no, underrated. No. <laughs> Nothing, not what? even a sniff. Now, if you weren't going to be a hockey player, what would you have been? Uh, architectural design. George Costanza, I love yeah. it. <laughs> now, what about uh, who is a better baseball player, you or Minnesota Twins player Joe Maurer? Oh, me, for sure. <laughs> I mean, at the time, right? I mean, it's all about time, right? Yeah, tell everyone how you were one of the greatest, uh, I guess, players to come out of Minnesota, even better than Joe Maurer, who's an all-star in MLB. Yeah, well, I mean, it, Joe Maurer, I mean, he's obviously had a prolific career so far, you know. He, he's <laughs> batting average has been, was he on two titles? I'm just saying, the first three games of my senior year in high school, I had more home runs than Joe. I had three, and he had two. <laughs> and I, st- I still have that picture of me leading Joe Mauer in home runs. I, I mean, I got I got a little bit hurt. Hamstrings got a little bit tight throughout that senior year, so you never really know how many home runs I would have had in that year, but... Uh, it was it was definitely a hot start. So, have you ever played in like one of those charity NHL celebrity baseball or slow pitch games? Like you sound like you got some sort of game. Like you wouldn't be lost at the plate because I saw Struddy easily the worst swing I've ever seen. Like he asked me in a home run competition, and I'm not a baseball guy, and I crushed him. Like he couldn't get one out of the infield. I'm not even making it up. Well, that is well, he, true. I mean, Struddy's a he's a one sport guy, right? Oh, really? I, 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 I almost led my team to a championship <laughs> in basketball. Uh, I mean, if I were, like, if, if someone were to be throwing 90 at me, I, I, I think I would struggle. But I think if, you know, if someone's just throwing some fastballs, I could, I could probably right. hit a couple good ones. And what sure. about, like, retirement? Will you play slow pitch? I'd like to, yeah. I, I tried it when I was like when I first was actually in Edmonton, and, and it was fun for a couple of years. But it was just kind of hard getting guys to, to get involved. But I think now that I'm done, and or when I'm done, I, I think that'd be that'd be definitely something fun to do. Now, was it mousse, hairspray, or gel for your hair in your career? What was the best? Honestly, I never I never do anything. That's natural. I I, I never I I've, I never put in anything. Occasionally, I might throw in some. Some, uh, I don't even paste or uh, light gel. That's about it, though. Mm-hmm. Willpower. That's what made your hair style itself every morning. You yeah. wanted it to. 
Well, yeah, exactly. Well, plus the, my roommate I had at Edmonton, I was like, oh, God, I can't have this happen. So I was like, really? <laughs> I had to really focus on making sure that hair was good, you know? <laughs> All right, give you old man. It's been a lot of fun catching on. We'll have to have you on yeah. again, uh, talk a little awesome, hockey. Guys. Best of luck wherever awesome. you go uh, next year, and um, we'll let bygones be bygones on the Sudoku, not on <laughs> the minus five. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Tom. Tom Gilbert. Great stuff. You were not nearly as hard with the second Tom Gilbert as you were the first Tom Gilbert today. Yeah, first well, Tom Gilbert had no mercy, got all your rage out on him. Then when the <laughs> other Tom Gilbert arrived, all of a sudden you were Mr. Nice Guy remembering Sudokus and whatnot. I was quite soft. You were. I'll have to get him again. I'll rip him. Might have been my, while you're minus five that night. Think about it. <laughs> I upset this edition of the Real Life Podcast. Gents, we'll talk next Monday. Brought to you, as always, by our title sponsor, Finning Canada. All the parts you need in one place. They have over 1.4 million parts at your fingertips. Check it out. Finning Canada. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.